sell or they don't even have anything to sell. They're just waiting for the perfect website or um, the perfect copy for their emails. So the first thing is just launch something. Just if you have an idea, just go out and do it and take the, act, the initiative to just start doing it and ask for a sale. You know, um, and that is so true. I think that's the biggest fear that a lot of us have is we're, we, you know, we do all these great things in our business and then we forget to ask for the sale. And by the way, I want to thank Roy Montero. I'm a huge fan of Roy's. He helped me very early on when I was learning technology and he just told me I wasn't recording this. So I just want to back back a little bit, if you don't mind, if you wouldn't mind just sharing with the audience again, uh, a little bit about you. I'm with April I and his own and we're talking about how to make $10,000 a month in your online biz. So April, if you don't mind redoing that, thank you. Sure, I'll make it short and sweet. Um, I help women primarily, but men too, internationally grow a six-figure business relatively quickly around the lifestyle that they truly want. And I myself have multiple six-figure business, so it's not like I'm trying to teach something I haven't done myself. Um, so I think that's that's very important. And I think it's true. Credibility is everything. You don't want to learn something from someone who's never done it but just read a lot of books about it. Um, so I think it's really, really important that you've got the experience and you talked about being in corporate America and you talked about sales and people might think, oh, wow, I, you know, I don't have those experiences. So we're going to go on as we move along on this topic about um, how you can create a $10,000 a month online business without having maybe all of those tools. So then, so the first step you talked about, let's talk about what's, what's the most important step after that that they need to take to launch or get their online business to grow to 10,000 a month. Um, so, and I'm sure, sure you noticed this too. Online, sometimes you see a lot of people trying to sell low end products or $27 eBooks, um, $100 programs, 197. One of the biggest turns um, in my coaching, the coaching part of my business, was when I created a 12-month program, a high-end 12-month program. So you don't really necessarily need a 12-month program, but you do need a higher ticket item um, that you have to sell less of and make make great money. Instead of selling the 197 where you're hustling for each and every sale and... Um, I think when I made that switch in my head that yes, I could charge more and yes, people really want what I have to sell. Um, that really made the whole difference to me. There was no more, Oh, how much money's coming in this month? I knew every month I was going to like at least make uh, a great minimum. So what was that pivotal point for you in, in, in your mindset? In other words, for, because I think that we've all had that. I know what, I I was one I was guilty of that. I was doing ebooks at 995 and I was charging like a $9 a month membership fee. And I mean not that those are bad. They're great residual incomes, but you're never going to build wealth that way. It's going to take a long time. Well, I shouldn't say never. If you have a million followers, you will build wealth. You know, so the bigger companies have done that. But but what was the what was the uh, turning point for you? Um I was offering some programs and I, it was a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. And I really just got so stretched thin with my time. And I was back to working the same hours I was in the corporate world and telling my kids, hold on, um, and not charging for it. So I think 
I just was like, wait a second, I'm doing all this work and I'm only making this, something's got to change. So for me, it was really, I had to know that it was okay to charge that much because when I first got into the business, I'm like, I can't believe that person charges that, you know, <laughs> she gets that much. Now I'm like, wow, you know, I'm making a little more than that per person. So um, I think it was really just tired of spending a lot of time. And when you actually worked out the numbers, it wasn't, uh, wasn't that much money coming in. You know, and my husband and I have this conversation all the time. I refuse to work for seven, 10 or $7 an hour. I just refuse to. I know that what I have to share is worth so much more to some people. And I think that that's the key is finding yeah. those people. And so how do you go about finding the people that you are right for? That your um, product or program is right for? Thank you. Because that's an awesome question. And I have clients that are struggling to figure that out themselves and I'm trying to help them, but they are so afraid to narrow themselves. So you really have to market to that one person. And we've all heard of that one ideal client, but most people and myself included, I didn't want to exclude men at the beginning. I knew I could help men too, but, and I was trying to market to everybody. So once I decided, okay, I'm helping women, uh, like a woman, you know, her name is Jill, um, who is about 34 years old, who has kids at home, who really has to rely on her income. Um, so once I decided on that one person and marketed all of my, all my marketing efforts went to that one person, everybody started coming in. So I have many male clients and actually very strong male clients like gym owners and different things like that. So I didn't exclude them. Um, I shouldn't say that. When I excluded them from the marketing, it still came in. So just you have to be, you don't have to worry about losing people, I guess. And you, you know, you make a great point. It isn't that you're going to lose the people, but the ones who need to hear the message the most will show up. And then eventually everybody else hears it and goes, well, geez, I want to be part of that. Um, hi, Sue. Have you'll give us a few minutes. We're going to open up the room to, uh, to guests after we've been finished with the formal interview of, of April. And thank you very much for wanting to join in. I appreciate that. We'll definitely open it up for questions. So, um, you know, I think that you made a couple of good points and uh, all of the points are good, but the, the marketing to one is, it seems like a difficult thing at first. So what, how, what's the process you use to figure out who that one person is? I actually have um, an ideal client checklist. So first I worked through who that one person is, but then I also had the checklist of who I absolutely do not want to work with. <laughs> and they had to reach, you know, before, even after I have um, like the complimentary sessions and I'm on the phone with them and talking to them, even if they're willing to throw the money at me, if they don't follow, I'm not follow, but if they are not in line with my checklist, then I know it's a red flag and it's somewhere down the road. If I take this customer, there's going to be an issue. So at first I see a lot of people and I did it too. Um, you just really want to see the money come in. So you work with anybody that is willing and able to pay for pay with, um, to pay you. And I actually had to get, I say fire, but I had to fire a couple of clients 
Um, and I was so afraid to do that because it was the monthly residual big money coming in. But once I did that again, it just, then the floodgates opened with my ideal client. Yeah. And you know, that's so funny you mentioned that because I think all of us, if we get to a certain point, have to fire a client. And when you first start out, or even if you're in that mindset of of lack as opposed to of, of abundance, um, you might do that. Because I remember firing my first client, it was many years ago, and I was terrified. And the moment I did that, it was, I actually had a retail florist. The moment I fired this one customer who was rather abusive, very, very demanding, nothing ever seemed to please this person. I finally said, you know, maybe you ought to go to the shop down the street. And she walked out, she stormed out, never came back. And my, my staff, I had a staff of 13 at the time, all my designers, they all started clapping. (laughs) And they looked at me like, what took you so long? And it taught me such a valuable lesson, because not only was that person affecting me, but it affects every you and everyone around you. I have another client that I recently fired about a year ago who I had done some web work for. And I'll tell you, every day was a struggle. She would send me just so many emails about things. And I would say to her, this is my answer. Probably not the best answer was to why don't you read the proposal? Because it's not in there and I'm not doing it. And here's what it will cost. And she'd get so upset that it would cost more money. And I said, but it's not what we agree. And, and once I finally decided that I just wasn't the right person for her, we finished, I said, let me finish the job we have. And then we'll talk about all the additional things you want. Finally, when I was done, I wouldn't do any of them. I just referred her to someone else because, you know, you can charge an aggravation fee if you want. But really, what's the point? Exactly. And I have done that before. when I know there's going to be a client that's a little bit difficult. I might say, OK, let me just charge extra because I know there's going to be. Extra what do you call it? Involved. An aggravation fee? I call it an that? aggravation. I had that in my shop. Actually, I said, there's a $10 charge additional for, for difficult customers. And people would just laugh when they'd walk in because I never charged mm-hmm. it. But this woman I wanted to. So. But you know what? I don't think any amount of money is worth, um, you know, your 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 lack of confidence. Because sometimes these people bring you down mm-hmm. to the point where you don't feel like you know what you're doing. Um, and so many other things. So, you know, that whole idea of finding the ideal client is wonderful, but having a, a checklist as well of people you don't want to work with, I think that's priceless, mm-hmm. April. And I wonder how many people actually teach that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, um, so let's let's talk a little bit about um, we talked about for finding your ideal client and then you'll know that those are the people that can afford you. Then what would you do next? So, um I'm, I'm sorry. So like you're saying when I market to that ideal client, how do I bring them in? Yes. Okay. No problem. Um, so what I really personally like to get people on the phone, especially when you're selling a higher ticket item, um, that personal connection and giving them a little bit of strategy that they could actually run with. Um, not too much because you don't want them to think that they don't need you, but connecting with them on a personal level on the phone, really is the best way to do it. So you'll notice um, in a lot of my marketing or even my Facebook posts, it's inviting them to apply for a, a session with me, um, a like strategy session. So again, it's not so much a coaching session, even though I let them, I give them at least one good tip that they could use to grow their business. Um, but it's about making that connection. And then a lot of times where it falls off is the follow-up. 
So I actually, I'm all about structures and trying to get everything done ahead of time and having a blueprint. So I have a whole follow-up process. So after I get on the phone with them or after there's some kind of connection, they really do go through a whole follow-up system. Because as you know, they used to say it takes seven to 12 times for someone to be touched, but now it takes, I think it's something like 22 times because everybody's been <laughs> bombarded. So um, my thing there, the one takeaway I would say is make sure you have a follow-up procedure in place. Even an email template that you use after you have that initial contact, uh, contact and you can um, just edit it to the person on the phone and send it out. Because I know when I first started, um, after I had that initial contact, I would have to, oh, now I have to sit down and write out a whole email and a whole <laughs> proposal. And I would get stuck there and not want to do it for a couple of days. So staying on top of it and having that follow-up procedure and not just once, many times. You, you know, and another great point about follow-up, I think that a lot of us are good at what we do, but we're not really good at following through and following up. And I think following up is probably the key to any good sales strategy or, you know, closing strategy, if you will. I think a lot of people think, oh, I know they're going to use it, but I've had people who've told me that they're going to buy a product or they're going to attend a mastermind or they're going to do something that we had discussed. And then days go by and they've not taken any action. And, and of course, I used to be very bad at follow up. I'm much better because, as you said, I create systems. Mm -hmm. uh, this what's this what's the saying? The success is in the system. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's true. You need to have uh whatever your system is that works for you and your industry, because not every industry is going to be lend itself to email maybe, or, but maybe a video follow-up or a, or a message of some sort, or even a meeting someone in person. It just depends on the company, the industry. But for people like us who do a lot of online business, you have to have uh, some templates that work. I, my proposals I have uh, three main proposals and they're for the three main products that I have. And then I customize them to the client depending on their needs. But instead of rewriting it all over again, writing it the first time was difficult enough to let alone, you know, have to go through that whole uh, ordeal, if you will. And it's not an ordeal in the fact that, you know, it ends up being part of your bottom mm -hmm. line. But, but if you can save the time, I'd rather give the time to my clients than spend the time exactly. creating these I don't even do fancy proposals anymore. I know companies who will do a, like a huge PowerPoint presentation. I do social media. So when I do social media, I give them a two page. Here's what I can do. And here's what the results will be. Here's what I, we, you can expect from what I do. I have companies that I'm up against that do these 20 and 30 page PowerPoint presentations, but then they're charging probably double and I'm still charging a good fee. And most of the time I get the business. And the reason I get it is I'd rather spend the time working on the client's problem and challenge than I would on making myself look good and hoping they'll, they'll hire me because a lot of times that will also um, um, put you out of the running if people think you're too expensive. So mm -hmm. how do you address that? Because you talked about high ticket items. How do you address the idea of, um, okay, so wow, she looks like she's really expensive. I can't afford her. Not realizing that they can't afford not to have you because of what you could do for them and how you can help their business grow. Wow, that is actually a great question. Um, let me start off by saying, too, though, once I decided that I was going to raise my prices and really charge what I was worth, I noticed that my clientele was a lot different. So I no longer had those 
the time suckers and the ones that want to email you a million times a day and expect you to be right there on top of it. I had, once I went to that higher price point, um, I had more of a, uh, I guess I, I had my ideal clients and more of, okay, time is valuable. They knew that my time was valuable and their time was valuable. So they just wanted to get on, get the facts and move on. So yeah. um, how do I go around where people are, the question was, um, what do I do when people think that maybe my prices are too high or they can't afford me? Um, I think what I, in a lot of my marketing, I kind of let people know ahead of time why they need a mentor, why they need um, a coach, and like you said, why they can't afford not to have me. Um, and I do leverage my time really well. So I do, my higher end program is one-on-one, -on -one, but then I do have group programs um, where it's a lower price point, but I'm coaching everybody at once. So therefore my time is spent really well leveraged. That's great. And um, yeah, and you know, and you brought a good point up. It's funny when you start working with people who can afford you. They too respect your time because they're so busy themselves. They, as you said, they want to just get to the bottom line, get the information, um, implement it and be done. They don't want to waste a lot of time because their time is just as valuable. The, we're talking people who are, yeah, I have a doctor in one of our mastermind programs. And, you know, doctors typically charge, I want to say, three, $350 an hour. If, if that's the going right now. So for a doctor to be in a program, you know they're going to want to spend the time if they're only spending, say, maybe $100 an hour. They they still understand the time, the value of the, the moment. Yeah. And um, so I think that that's another great thing. Everybody should be working with higher-end clients. You don't need to totally discard the people who may be on the lower end because at some point they're going to be a higher-end client when you've helped them reach that goal. Absolutely. I just that if you focus on the higher end clients, which is what I know I work a lot, you know, I work a lot with Christina Rowe and we've really started focusing more on those clients because we realize that we're, you know, you're, you kill yourself. You're working so hard. You work. I used to work 60, 70 hours a week and never get the work done. And it was because of the same thing you mentioned. I was working with people who were, you know, I was charging like $60 an hour to do internet training. And I still do the internet training, but it's my, I've raised my prices and I get the clients I want. And if a, if a $60 an hour client really needs my help and they've, they've been a good client and they've done other things with me, I'm, I'm going to help them. Yeah. But I find ways, like you said, the group coaching's fabulous. Um, so uh, let's talk about some of the ways that companies can use online channels to promote their online events, because I know that you do a lot with events. It's like you're the event queen. <laughs> um, so I, I love events. Um, that's my background. So part of my business is just dedicated to producing events and mainly uh, for women, but again, for everybody. Um, so one of the biggest things that I do when um I want to promote my events is one, I run a contest for every event I do, uh, whether it's a $7 South Florida Women's Expo ticket or a $900 conference, I run a contest. So um, there's a great website called Contest Domination. And it's usually, I think when I use it, it's about $99 for 30 days. And I use that, um, let's say I'm doing the South Florida Women's Expo. I said, 
whoever wins gets a eight person limo will pick them up and bring them to the expo and then drive them back so now everybody that wants to go anyway um, they're sharing it with all their friends it pass and the way that they end up winning is um, by most shares so I could just leave it there, but instead I want to keep the energy going all month. So halfway through I say, okay, Heidi's in first place with this many shares, you know, and I do it all the way to 10th place, but everybody, it's anybody's game and keep sharing. So it not only helps promote the event and bring more awareness to the event, but now I have everybody's emails because first they have to put in their email to share. So I, the big thing for me is to stay top of mind. When you put your email in that you are interested in coming to this event and winning the, the limo, I know you're interested. So even if you didn't purchase a ticket yet, I'm going to stay on top of you and tell you all these great things that are happening at my event until you end up purchasing. So you, you mentioned contest domination. So do you then partner with the limo company and ask them to help uh, to sponsor the limo, et cetera, et cetera? Or do you outright purchase? How do you how do you do that? So for something like that, I definitely um, a barter, not a barter, but, you know, it helps them to promote their business. Now they have um, a tape. I guess it's bartering. They have a table and ad at my expo. Um, and I also put sponsored by. Um, my company and the limo company on the, the uh, uh, contest links. So they get a lot of exposure. It's definitely worth it for them. Um, another thing that that just reminded me of, you can't fill a room on your own. So everybody okay. that's trying to do it and filling it on their own and just hoping that someone's going to see it on Facebook is, is not going to work. You need to partner with anybody that has the same person, that one person <laughs> that you want in the room um, anybody that has that same target market. So for me, it's all about if I'm making money, I want everybody to make money. So I give, you know, a generous affiliate commission. Um, if they sell tickets to different events, I make sure we make it nice and easy for them. Just copy and paste all of the content. If it's hard, even if I know that like somebody has this great product and I want to promote it for them, if I have to sit there and think about what I'm going to write, I'm never going to send out an email for them. So oh. super easy copy and paste. That's uh, two quick ways on how I promote that. Um, another way is to get the media involved. And I know a lot of people have a hard time getting media exposure, but it's really not as hard as uh, people make it out to be. So you want to do a press release, but you also want to connect on online with different um, not so much like the news channel, but maybe one of the news anchors on link, uh, LinkedIn or Facebook. And you'd, be, uh, you'd be surprised how many people actually respond back. Oh, I was just looking for something to promote this week, or we have, you know, a segment that's just geared towards events. So ask, you know, do a little background research and just don't say, Oh, will you promote my event? Instead, you say, I know that you did a segment on this last week, and I think this ties in perfectly. Uh, what do you think about it? And, you know, get some feedback. Just don't blankly or uh, blatantly ask them to promote for you. You know, and, and pitching the media is a totally, uh, it's an art in itself, and we could probably talk about that for a whole segment. Uh, but that's a really great idea, great tips, because, um all of those things can help to make your, your event, 
uh, success, which is, uh, and events are where you make money as well. I mean, it's not just the coaching, the group coaching, the individual coaching, having great products that are higher end. Um, I think it's a whole package and you, you, cause you're really talking about a, a package of the, the different things that you offer. So you're not just doing one thing. And I think that that's important for people to understand is it's kind of like when they're building their funnel and if they don't understand what that is at the top of the funnel is the highest end product. And at the bottom of the funnel is because it's the widest area you, you put your inexpensive, is that correct? Upside down. So the, upside, <laughs> so the funnel is like, like yeah. this, but the bottom is the, the okay. You, you explain the funnel to people. You just have it upside it. down. You had the pyramid. Yes. I was thinking of a pyramid, yeah. <laughs> um, so like this, and we want to get everybody in on that low-end product or that opt-in offer, that free great thing, and then they, they trickle down that funnel um, to your very – to the bottom where it's the high-end product. Um, but I did want to mention, even though I have like a whole umbrella of products and services I offer, they're actually very separate businesses. So I really don't um, combine my event production with the coaching. Um, obviously, if I have a, a conference that has to do with the coaching, yes. But like my um, women's expos and mother-daughter events, I actually treat it like two separate businesses but same structure to both. I have a, a sales funnel for both things. And for the events, not just a sales funnel for the attendees, but also my vendors. So I always keep a list of, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back for a second and say, you need to fill both of the, you need to fill the top of the funnel by offering something amazing or something great that they have to give you their information for. And, really build a list of people that want to buy from you. Um, so for my events, a lot of people used to just, and I used to at the very beginning just say, okay, I have this event coming up. Who's interested in expo? Uh, who's interested in becoming a vendor? And they just send me their email. I send them the stuff, but I never kept track of those emails. Now I created an insider only vendor list. So they have to enter their name and email in. And now I have a running list of vendors that I could email at any point in time and say, we have this event coming up. Are you interested? And I sell out of my vendor space every single time because I started that, that list instead of scrambling each time to create a new, um, to create uh, new marketing for new vendors to come in. Excellent advice. Yeah. And I think if you're doing events, you definitely need to do that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the biggest mistakes that you see organizations make when it comes to, say, setting up an online business. Definitely not building a list. And, and it's surprising to me that you go to some of these websites or people that have been in business for years and you don't see like a, a basic opt-in on their site and not just subscribe to our newsletter, but something great people want to put, you know, put their information in. So I think so much money is left on the table that way, um, as well as you have to work extra hard if you're not building a list. So I think that's probably the biggest mistake. And you're right. I didn't build my list right away. I just, you know, everything was a free for all. And when you don't, you're right. It, you're always looking for that next person to market to as opposed to all the people you've already touched. So you definitely need to build a list. And I think that quality is more important than quantity. So a lot of people will try to build big lists. Um, and then that 
maybe only 1% buys from them. So wouldn't it be better to build a smaller list of highly targeted people, as you mentioned in the beginning, talking about the people who, um, who purchase from you, who support you, who use your products and services. They're your ideal client. And the ones that are not, you just don't market to them. And they'll come yeah. if they really want it, right? Exactly. And you stay top yeah. of mind, too. You don't just build a list to hit them with a sale every once in a while. You want to send out some great content that they're interested in. So when they're ready, um, they remember you and they're able to buy from you. And it works in every single industry. My funding company, I build a list for the funding company. Um, and not everybody needs a loan right away, but... Maybe they have a friend, and if I send them something at least once a month, in my other businesses, I send it out uh, weekly or sometimes twice a week, but in the funding company, it's once a month. They just need to know I'm around once in a while. But any business, you need to stay top of mind. So I'd like to, uh, I'm going to ask you for that one tip or resource of the week. And if you wouldn't share that, would share that with the audience. And then I'm going to go ahead and open it up to uh, the, the audience if they'd like to jump in. I think if Sue Stelson is still here Perfect. with us, I'd love to have her say a few words if so she'd like. So go ahead. So my tip of the week might be something you guys already know about um, is Stripe.com. So again, with my funding company, which is totally a separate business altogether, I actually offer credit card services from many different companies, and I don't use them myself for my online business. I use Stripe.com. It's awesome, and it's you know they just charge you every time you use it. There's no monthly fee, and you don't have to use it if you don't want to, but it's great for subscription billing and everything. So Stripe.com. And it and it does what? It's it's like a recurring billing. Um, you can billing use it system. for recurring billing, uh, but you can charge anything on it. So it's I don't want to compare it to Square because it's so different, but it has kind of the same billing features as as Square. So you pay a small percentage per transaction, and then a, a flat fee for each transaction. But there's you don't have to pay every month oh. for you know high credit card rates. Which is great, which is what I like about that. Well, that's great. Thank you for that. Okay, let's go ahead and, I don't know, Sue, if you're still in the room, I'm going to go ahead and see if you'd like to join us and uh, say a few words. And anybody has any questions that would like to either jump into the open seat or comment in the side, we'd be happy to uh, try to answer your questions. So let's there see if is. Sue's still in the room. Yes, hi, hi Sue. Sue. So can we hear you? I'm not sure. So there's a little delay. Oh, there. No. Here we go. Oh, Sue, are you taking oh, a walk? I love being in business. I, I love being business for my. Yeah, we're having a little trouble hearing you, Sue. It's uh, breaking up. Anyway. Hold on. Let's no. see if this works. Nope. Sue, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exit you out, and if you'd like to try to come back in, we'll try it one more time. If anybody else would like to join us in one of the open seats, we're more than happy. You can ask uh, any question you'd like of April pertaining to our topic, how to make 10000 a month in business online. Let me see. Okay, Sue is asking to be back I in. I want to give a quick again. shout out. I see a couple of my clients uh, joined us today. So, hi, Sue, uh, yes. Susan and uh, Tiffany. 
Welcome and welcome everybody who's joined us. You know, I'm it's kind of like Periscope. I love Periscope, but trying to keep up with the, the conversation. And by the way, hello to all our Periscope uh, followers today for watching because we've got quite a few on the um, on the call. So thank you, thank you, Sue. Go ahead. Can we hear you now? No. Yeah, we had this problem earlier, April, um, with the um, the recordings. We couldn't hear. I could. No one could hear me. We had three of us in the room, and nobody could hear me. Maybe so she I'm could sorry, type it Sue. In, the it question. Did, feel free to type in your comment in the side if you have a question. Um, and um, looks like we have quite a few people uh, in the room. I'm just gonna empty that seat for a moment and see if anybody else would like to join in and jump in and ask any questions or make any comments about the content so far. We're almost finished. Uh, April, in the meantime, until anybody wants the open seat or has any questions, why don't you tell us about any of upcoming events you have? I know you have a, a teleseminar series coming up, and I'm excited to be part yeah. of that. Thank you. Um, we have the Self-Made Success Summit, where I have 25 experts um, that have six- and seven-figure online businesses. So they're sharing all their tips and tools and strategies um, and that starts in November, but if everybody, uh, I actually have a free video training that is five ways to instantly infuse cash into your business this week. You can go to aprilianazone.com slash gift and get five ways to instantly infuse cash into your business this week. However, I do gotta leave a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, those ways are just for instant cash infusion, not for building a long-term steady steady business so stick with me on the list after that and i'll give you some more ideas well you know and it, there are times when we need that little infusion of cash so those things are really good i know that i've i've done some of those things in the past as well so if you will type in the um in the comments over there the e url that'd be great so people can um check that out and anybody who watches the replay as well um so um what's the best way that our audience could get in touch with you april um just go into aprilianazone.com and sending me a message. I'm going to put it in here. Oh, there you go. And that's, you know, my website as well. So you can, you know, send me a message. I'm pretty, pretty easy. And also I'm very active on social media. So if you message me on Facebook or on Twitter, um, I'm pretty responsive. And I, I do handle most of my own stuff still on social media. Um, so you're not going to be getting my back end person even though she posts for me, but I'm the one doing all the connection. And I think that that's another good tip. You know, when I, when I work with my clients, I, I try to make sure that they, first of all, give me their content and at least check their channels once or twice a week, even if I'm managing a client who um, is just too busy, because there are times that a person really needs to look and see what's going on in their channels. So that's a, that's really good advice. And also, um, it's it's much easier for you to build the connection. The way you work, you need yeah. to build your own connections. You really do. so. Sue looks like she's trying to get back in. We'll let her have one more uh, one more chance. Grace I can't wait charm, to hear right? her question. Um, <laughs> right. So while Sue is getting in, sometimes it takes a moment. Um, what's been the most surprising thing about your profession so far? Um, the most surprising thing that it doesn't need to be perfect. Um, and you, I get a lot of haters because I'm all about just taking action and then worrying about late what happened after. So I get a lot of people that 
message me, April, you spelled that word wrong in your email, or you know, uh, maybe a Facebook message, April, you spelled that wrong. And to me, it really doesn't, I know it doesn't look as professional, but I'm getting my message out there, it's working. So um, I just need to try to proofread a little bit better, but I think uh, you just gotta get it out. You feel something, write it, get it out. First of all, I want to welcome Sue. Before I ask you to say a few words, Sue, well, go ahead. I want to hear if you we can. Hi, hear can you. you hear me? Can we hear you? Yay. Yay, we can hear her. So, real quick, but while we are on that topic, and then Sue, you can ask your question. Is I one of my favorite people in the world is Dan Pointer, and he wrote the self publishing manual. We happen to be friends. He's written a uh, forward for one of my books. I'm in one of his books. He's just an amazing human being, and his book has been probably yeah. published in thirty some languages. Um, one of the best pieces of advice that he ever gave me and to all of the people he works with is when your book is 90% done, it's done. Do not worry about it being perfect because if you don't, if you worry about it being perfect, first of all, it'll never get out there and you'll never sell it. And it, what's more important, getting your message out or being perfect and never getting it out. So I've kind of subscribed to that. And I happen to be a perfectionist when it comes to writing because I write all the time. So I'm always editing. I learned don't edit while you're writing. Wait till you're finished. You'll catch most of the mistakes anyway, but you'll get done a lot quicker. So just that's just really great advice, April. So Sue, I do. You have Hi. A um, I, Tell us oh, a little sure. bit about yourself okay. first, um, Sue. Well, Tell I that. was in the corporate world for many years and um, decided that I um, had the drive and um, and the willingness and uh, everything that it takes to um, own my own business. So um, I, uh, right now, um, I am, um, is it okay to mention the company that I represent? Okay. Um, so I uh, am an independent consultant with Silpata Designs. It's kind of a high-end jewelry line. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. Um, I currently yes. live in Michigan, um, but I, um, after losing my husband a couple years ago, I remarried and I will be moving to Florida soon. So, yay! Yay! Cutler Bay. So, um, oh, no. That's not um, that far. <laughs> I'm signed up as a vendor Miami. in the South Florida Business um Women's uh, Business Expo. Oh, awesome! So, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but the question I have, I guess, is you know, I've built I've built a really great um, business and also a team um, here in Michigan, and of course, because of um, of technology, it's going to be easy to stay connected and and all of that. Um, but I, you know, how do I? I feel like I'm going to be starting all over again when I come to Florida. And is there a leads group, or is there, you know, how could I? I obviously, I'll be at the expo, and that's one way to meet gals. But what I guess, what would your advice be, um, ladies, to for me? Uh huh. Um, April. I. <laughs> it's a little bit different when I'm talking about direct sales company because I, again, think you need to constantly be building a list of people that are interested in the opportunity yeah. um, to become a rep almost more, well, actually, definitely more than trying to sell the jewelry. So Absolutely. I would really focus on really growing it online and not just South Florida. So keep in touch with the Michigan, grow it in South Florida, but also 
you know, create a website with some great opt-in about working for yourself and how it changed your, you know, how Silpata allowed you to leave the corporate world. Um, and, you know, ask, have them put their email in for that. And then you just give some, them some great tips about, you know, things that you're doing that's working for you. And this is the company that is your tool to have, you know, this kind of lifestyle. Right. So really posting that all over social media, using your own website to do that as well. And when you're at the, um, a little tip for being at the event, which a lot of people don't do, they're just trying to really uh, sell people on the new business or sell people on the jewelry. Instead, try to make connections um, and collect all the information if they're interested in the new business opportunity. So don't sell it on the, sell them on them, sell them on it there, but set up, actually set up an appointment, have your computer ready with your calendar and set up an appointment to talk more about the business after rather than focus on the sale there. Right. That's a great idea. And you know what? Ask everybody that's currently in your network who they know in South Florida, so, because everybody has okay. somebody they know in South Florida. <laughs> I mean, obviously your friends all know now someone because you're moving down here. So there's probably other people that they could connect you with. And you want to meet connectors. Uh, if you, if you, if since your market is primarily women, I would assume, um, you'd probably want to meet with as many women's group leaders as you can. Um, I'm certainly, I have a, a book that I wrote called the South Florida Network Directory of Women's Business and Civic Organizations. So um, if you want to, um, uh, I find me on social media or you can email me at Heidi at redheadmarketinginc.com and I'll be happy to share that with you. Um, the reason I can't give you a link is we just redid all our websites and so that one is not live and I don't want to give it out yet because we're redoing the whole website but the, the doc, the, the, um, the books are still there. We have one for Broward, Miami-Dade, and Palm Beach County. So we have three directories. So um, one of those directories would probably be good for you. And I know April no. Price is well, I've never heard of that. That's because I don't really like, Why don't I have that? I have been writing that book. And you need to be in it. But I have been writing that since uh, since 1992, I think. And uh, I actually got an award from the um, uh, uh, in. Uh, International Association of Business Communicators, the first uh, when I wrote it and made it into an actual book instead of just this uh, copies of papers that I was handing out to people. Um, so, you know, that's another tool. But any women's group, the bigger ones, I would say, are good places to at least start to make connections with women. And of course, um, your own industry association. Yeah, and I'm thinking think? more of social groups too, um, like mom's groups, because they're staying home and they're looking for something additional to do. Um, so, you know, you don't have to necessarily go there to, to network, but you can contact the group, the person that runs the group and ask them to maybe sponsor a meeting mm -hmm. and just set up a table. And usually it's very inexpensive. It's, if it's a small group, maybe $25 just to get a table there. Um, but that's a great opportunity, uh, the stay at home moms groups and stuff like that. Right. My, my big suggestion is to go everywhere you can so that people yes. think you've always been here. That's what I used to do when I was networking. I would go to every single group. Pretty soon people thought, oh, she's been around forever. And I maybe only been networking a couple of years. Now this is 30 <laughs> years later. Um, you know, so people ask me all the time, which groups, but I, we don't, we don't know what groups are going to be best for you. You, you have to kind of, 
uh, go to them and see, like you, we could say BNI. I'm not sure BNI is the right group for you or, you know, any, and, you know, there's just so many groups. It's kind of, there's also a comfort level. What do you, where you feel like you fit in best, you know, you're from the Midwest. So you may, you know, find some of the, some of the um, choices in South Florida um, a little bit different than what you're used to. I'll say the way people do business. For instance, a lot of people don't show yeah. up on time. <laughs> for things, you know, in South Florida. And I'm from California. I live in Michigan and I live up here in Michigan and, and it's pretty laid back. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. So if, then, then probably the showing up on time won't be a big issue for you. Like it is for me. I like oh, to respect. Yeah, me time. too. Um, um, could you, re Heidi, could you repeat um, one more time? You said Heidi at redheaded, uh, didn't get the Heidi at Redhead Marketing Inc. Inc.com. That's probably the best Marketing one because that's Inc. my business one. Heidi at Redhead Marketing Inc.com. Yeah. And April, tell us again your, uh, your how um, to get a hold of you. And actually, I put it in the chat box over there. Um, you can go aprilianazone.com slash gift. And best to kiss over there. I see that she actually. Um, Put my top 10 tools that grew my business in 2014. So they're all online tools too that uh, she posted. So thank you for that. Excellent. I read that thank article. You. It was a great article. April, thank you so much for being with thank us. So Sue, thank you for joining us and asking your question. I think it was valuable. And I, and I love when people can jump in again, if you're, for those of you who, joined us late. Uh, my name is Heidi Richards Mooney. My company is Redhead Marketing, but I'm here actually representing Women in E-Commerce and the Golden Mouse Award. We're interviewing all of the past and current honorees over the next couple of months on the Entrepreneur Her Show. And then once we've done that, we'll interview other women who are maybe not a part of those uh, that tribe. And April was one of our honorees last year. So again, congratulations, April, and thank you for all that you do thank to make a so difference. Much. And thank you Thank you all for being with us, and I'll let you guys go. And, and have Sue, a great I will afternoon. see you in December. I'm excited that you're one of the vendors. Yeah. Thank you, Heidi. I appreciate Thanks. everything. Bye, Bye, everyone.